Welcome to today's hospitality podcast brought to you by MarketScale. I'm Sean Heath, and today's show conversation is with Alicia Prakash, the editor of Oyster.com. Alicia, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm very excited to talk to someone whose life is about travel because that (laughs) fascinates me. So let's get super meta just from the beginning and tell me about your journey in the travel industry. Yeah, sure. Um, So actually, um, you know, taking it back a little ways back, um, I actually started as a journalist covering fashion, entertainment and celebrities. And, you know, while that was certainly fun and a wild ride, um, you know, traveling and exploring the world just satisfied me in a way that nothing else ever could. Um, and so when I'm not on the road, I even find a sort of big kid joy in inspiring other people to explore the world. And, um, you know, I, it's funny, I care about other people's trips as much as my own, so much so that I ended up, um, I decided to make it my full-time job. And so I am now the editor at Oyster. Um, and it's, it's just been absolutely wonderful. And, um, you you know, at Oyster, it's our mission to help travelers take on the world by by making it easy to find the right hotel. So what that basically means is um, we send professional investigators to every hotel in person, and we take hundreds of photos of each property and publish uh, undoctored photos and honest, objective reviews so that um, guests know exactly what they're going to get before they arrive. You know, in contrast, many travel sites might rely on hotels' glitzy marketing material for both the text and images that appear on their sites. But we're, we don't do that. So we're honest about what you should expect when you arrive. So if a hotel is dirty or noisy or in a seedy neighborhood or if a, if the pool doesn't look as sparkling blue as it did on the hotel website, we'll absolutely let you know that. Um, and you know, actually, in fact, we just launched our vacation do over campaign. Um, and that's, we're offering one lucky traveler $10,000 to redo a failed vacation. Um, so if you are someone who had a has a great story about a or a terrible story actually about a vacation that went wrong, you can certainly enter at oyster.com at uh, slash vacation do over and um, and and have the chance to redo it. Um, so that's sort of what all oyster is about and how I sort of got into the whole travel travel industry. <laughs> So you went basically from either page six or TMZ. You were the gritty, (laughs) hard-nosed celebrity journalist, and then you decided to travel the world. So let me ask you this question. If every day for you is like a vacation, when do you actually take a vacation? Ah, good question. Um, I mean, when you love what you do, you, it's just every day is, is a, is a vacation. Um, when, whether I'm sitting behind my desk editing and writing a story about a trip I took to Patagonia last year, or I'm on the road and, um, you know, doing a real time Instagram story or posting on our social media handles. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, I've, I feel very lucky that I can, I can call this my job and, you know, call the, the world my office, <laughs> uh, whether I'm sitting at a desk or actually traveling. Let me ask you this question because you mentioned something very interesting that travel review sites sometimes will use the packaged marketing materials. But don't they also 
feel a little beholden if they have accepted advertising dollars from a franchise to be a little more lenient? Or how does Oyster handle that sort of challenge? Um, well, so, I mean, you know, when it comes to picking a hotel, what you see online isn't necessarily what you get when you check in. So there are a lot of common tactics that hotels and other travel sites use to sort of trick guests. So, you know, as I mentioned, for example, a pool might be strategically cropped to disguise its true size or a beach could be photoshopped to create a false sense of tranquility. And, you know, I... I, I Word, even tactical words like cozy, which really translate to cramped, or a stone's throw, which really means, you know, a 15, 20 minute walk can also be tricky ploys. So it, we always say it's really important to see behind the facade so you know what to expect because our tagline, as our tagline says, you can't return a bad vacation. So we, we really value, um, we really want travelers to, um, know exactly what they're going to get before they arrive to a hotel because they're, you, you can't return a vacation, you know. And we found that when, even if it's a hotel that's not, you know, a five-star property, if it's uh, a property that you know exactly what you're going to expect, ex- uh, expect when you check in, you're more likely to actually return to that property, even if it's not, you know, like a five-star property in the Maldives or something like that. So setting your expectations at an actual realistic level helps make maybe as you said if it's not a five star it turns out to be four star but if you do that going in that four star is perfectly fine and you're just as happy with that vacation more happy than you would have been if you had been expecting a five star but you got a four star exactly exactly oh that's really smart yeah yeah (laughs) i think so so too so you get to see like you said you know all the tricks Mm-hmm. You see all the little deceptions that are part of not all industries and not all hotels, but it is a tactic that some lazier companies might use. What are some positive trends that you've been witness to in the online hospitality world? Well, I necessarily wouldn't say that it's laziness. I would definitely say that, you know, um, a lot of sites want to inspire and spark some sort of wanderlust with travelers. And so, um, you know, they might highlight their positive attributes. Um, but there are, there are definitely a lot of, uh, really cool trends that, um, we've seen this year and last year, um, the hotel research and booking process has had some really interesting developments in the tech space. Um, this year, Kayak and Amazon, or I would, I should rather say 2017. I keep forgetting it's 2018 already. Um, Kayak and Amazon teamed up to introduce voice powered booking, uh, via Amazon's Alexa platform. So that sort of adds an interesting new way to book properties. Um, and another trend in the tech space that we've seen is the U.S the use of VR re, uh, VR in researching hotels. So at Oyster specifically, we just launched hotel walkthroughs in, in VR. Um, and so by implementing uh, this new technology, we can take users along on our hotel visits, uh, showing the spaces as they were when our hotel inspectors toured them. And, you know, that sort of takes our honest reviews and rev- uh, honest photos to the next level to some degree. Um, so that's, that's all, uh, all these new cutting edge technologies has, I think definitely, um, it, it, you know, that's, it's definitely 
it's just a teaser of what's to come, basically. Um, so I'm really excited to see what 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 else is out there. <laughs> VR seems to be an incredibly intuitive choice to mm -hmm. actually, you know, you can either show someone a two-dimensional flat photo of the place or, hey, this is what it looks like when you walk through the thing. Right, right. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a really a simple but brilliant way to approach that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think it's definitely a, a great component to alleviate um, any trepidation that uh, travelers might face when booking a trip and specifically a hotel because they, you know, a hotel can really make or, bake, make or break a trip. Um, and I think that, you know, giving travelers the opportunity to feel like they're really in a particular space um, will, will definitely help alleviate any hesitant uh, feelings that they might have going into it beforehand. One of the things that usually causes me to have just a moment of hesitation when thinking about, oh, I would like to go here or I'd like to go there, is I want to see how crowded is it really? You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to go stand in line for nine hours to look at the Mona Lisa. I want to see the right. Mona Lisa, but I don't want to wait in line for nine hours for that. And there are a lot of destinations that are starting to take crowd size and access into account, even going to the extremes of capping the number of visitors that can actually come at any one time. Do you think this trends, is this going to catch on? Is this really where we're going? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, several destinations have already imposed a tourist cap, as as you mentioned, and Santorini, for one. Um, I was just there in September, and it was and September is technically shoulder season, but it was still pretty packed. Um, they Hold on, are what is, what is shoulder season? Oh, sorry. Shoulder season is basically between high season and low season. So it's in the in-between period. Oh, I um, thought you meant people were wearing shirts that were showing their shoulders or something. <laughs> oh, is that spring? Is that? I thought you meant an actual. Okay, sorry. You're. Sorry. Okay. I apologize. Sorry, Continue. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So Santorini is um, limiting the number of cruise ship passengers that are allowed to disembark every day um, due to over tourism. And, you know, several other destinations are following suit. So Venice uh, recently also announced that cruise ships weighing a certain amount um, will be banned from entering the city center. And, you know, this comes after years of protests against mass tourism in the destination already. Um, so all ships that sort of fit that criteria will no longer be able to cut through the city and pass by um, St. Mark's Square and, you know, will instead be rerouted and will have to dock at an industrial port that's on the mainland. So, um, yeah, I mean, it seems like there are, are several destinations that are um, imposing tourist limitations due to over overcrowding and over tourism. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it continued. So now, aside from the economic impact that that must have on these cities or these locales that are limiting the number of people who come through, which I guess in order to offset the difference, they'd have to raise the overall prices. Aside from that question, let's get to the other question. Let's say I want to go to Santorini. Mm -hmm. how, do mm -hmm. I, how do I kind of make sure that I don't get left out? Because the competition yeah. must be fierce to get to locations like that. 
Right. So, I mean, I, I my recommendation would just to be st- uh, would stay up to date on the latest information about these tourist caps. Um, you know, we do cover updates on destinations that are facing overcrowding on Oyster.com. So absolutely make sure to check out the website for any information on that. And, you know, again, if you know a destination is facing over tourism, make sure to plan your trip well in advance. Um, for example, um, you, you do need to purchase tickets to enter Machu Picchu. Um, because they only allow a certain amount of uh, travelers into the site each day. So, um, you know, planning in advance will will help you secure a spot, so to speak, um, if if you're if you're planning on going to a destination or a site that that is facing, um, you know, these tourist caps. So dealing on a daily basis with VR and online and voice search and cruise markets and caps and all of these trends that you see, you have to be able to pick out a pattern, kind of see the direction that things are going. What do you see on the horizon for the industry? I mean, um, as I mentioned, I definitely think that the tech advancements like VR, um, you know, voice booking, those are just all a teaser of what's to come. You know, immersive experiences through new cutting edge technologies will certainly continue to grow and turn the corner when it comes to guiding and helping travelers choose their destinations. Um, and then again, in terms of cruise, um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, exciting new developments going on. So, um, there are a few high end hotel and travel brands that are testing the waters, no pun intended, um, in the cruise space. So, um, you know, the Ritz Carlton and Virgin just announced new cruise ventures and it's, it's fun to see, um, you know, a kind of a shakeup in a long established industry and, um, bring a fresh perspective to seabound vacations. So, um, that's all really exciting to see. And I'm sure there are, I, 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 I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if other brands def, uh, decided to test the waters with that. And we actually just launched, launched a new cruise vertical on oyster.com, um, which much like our hotel reviews, uh, you know, offer, um, honest reviews and publish honest photos of each of the sailings. So you can definitely check that out on the site. I would assume that you have had to replace your passport a few times because you've <laughs> run out of pages. Yes. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this question. Is there some place that hardly anybody knows about or goes to that you have seen that you would recommend they go check out? Well, I don't want to tell you, of course. Okay. Then, oh, let me change the question. Okay. You know what? I, I'm no, not going to no, make no, you No, no, I'm give kidding. Up. I'm kidding. I can totally answer that question. <laughs> I just, I was like, I can't give you the secrets because then it'll get too, uh, it'll be too crowded. Um, I could change the question. I'm happy to change the question. I'm happy you, to- know what? you keep that secret. You keep that secret. I got another question for you. And the question <laughs> is this. You have two weeks completely paid travel hotel, food, everything's completely paid. You have two weeks. Give me three places you are absolutely going to go during that two weeks. Okay. Can they be like, can it be, does it, can it be impossible? So basically I can fly from around the world to around the world without, without having to deal with time. Like if I can cross space. Yeah. No, the two weeks is the time you're at the place. It doesn't take into account your travel time. You get to spend two weeks in three locations. Where do you go? Okay. Number one, Patagonia in the art, whether you go to the Argentinian side or the Chilean side is just one of the most magnificent, stunningly 
beautiful, gorgeous places I've ever been. Um, you know, everything from the actual landscapes to the activities that it offers to the food that you get. Um, it's just, it's just all encompassing such an amazing place. I would absolutely have to go back there. Um, in terms of things that are on my bucket list that I haven't gone and have been on my bucket list and I, re and I need to check them off, I would say, uh, I really want to go to New Zealand. Um, you know, I, I've, really, I really enjoy, um, mountain vacations and adventure, outdoor adventure, uh, trips. So that would definitely be on my list. And a third destination. These are places I can have, I, if I've gone to before I can revisit, correct? Absolutely. Okay. I would have to say India, um, because that's very near and dear to me. I, uh, was born there. It's just such a, chaotic, um, culturally rich place. And, um, you know, the, everything again, the food, the culture, the history, it's just, it's just such a bustling, exciting place to be. So I would, I would, I think I would have to choose that too. And now I'm going to put you on the spot as a journalist for my final question, because okay. you brought up India. Okay. So I'm going to ask you your honest review. Okay. Is the Taj Mahal as amazing in person Oof. as the photos appear? Great question. Um, my answer is both yes and no. <laughs> um, one thing, it, one thing when I was there last, which was, I want to say a few, maybe four years ago, um, it was really unfortunate to see that the pristine white marble of the Taj Mahal had, um, you know, a little bit of scuff marks on them and you know, the pool that leads up to it. There's definitely, it's not as well preserved. Um, but that being said, it's, I would still highly recommend a visit. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, so, you know, while it unfortunately hasn't been preserved to the level that I would hope it is, it doesn't, it's still absolutely stunning. It's, I mean, I think my eyes took up maybe a, a camera roll of 200 photos when I was there because it's just gorgeous. So Yes and no is my answer. <laughs> well, hopefully there will be a restoration sort of initiative in the near future that will restore it to its former pristine beauty. Yes, And absolutely. when they do, I'm going to bet you write something about it on Oyster.com. I have a Absol feeling that that's going to make <laughs> You got it. <laughs> Today I have been talking to Alicia Prakash, the editor of Oyster.com. Alicia, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been really interesting talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you the next time you come back off the road. You too. Thanks so much again. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.